occupies your time. Join Integrative OT to learn about what occupational therapy is, how it can help in just about any area of your life, and why it only takes a few tweaks to your habits, routines, and roles for you to become empowered. How you live your life is important. Let's discover healthy ways of being and doing together. Let's live a meaningful life on purpose. Hi guys, welcome to episode nine. Um, Today we are going to be discussing interoception and co-regulation. So April is my birthday as well as OT month. So I thought in honor of that, I would share one of my absolute favorite occupations. Side note, I have had, I guess it's laryngitis, maybe it's just allergies, um, which is why this podcast is going out later than normal. I really wanted to record it at the end of last week, but I'm just now getting enough of my voice back to come on and record this. So please excuse any crazy sounds that um, I may make. (laughs) Um, So going back to the interoception and co-regulation piece. Um, I have practiced mindfulness meditation for close to a decade now and have received so many benefits. I know my friends and family are really tired of hearing me scream about the wonderful effects mindfulness and meditation can have on your health and wellness. Um, One of the reasons though that I believe meditation is so important is that it forces you to be still, forces you to tap into the sensory systems in your body in order to check in with yourself. Mindfulness, though, can be practiced in a lot of different ways, meditation only being one of them, and obviously is not right for everyone. There is no one-size-fits-all. Meditation in and of itself has a ton of different ways to be practiced, um, and maybe that could be a whole other podcast, but today I wanted to touch on mindfulness as it links to interoception and co-regulation. So we all know that we have a sensory system within our body, and that comprises of the five senses that everyone knows well, taste, touch, smell, hearing, sight. What a lot of people are not aware of, though, is that we also have three other sensory systems that are at work in every moment of our daily lives. So these would be the proprioceptive system, the vestibular, and our interoceptive systems. The proprioceptive system is housed in our joints. That's the one that allows us to know where our body parts are. So for instance, when I talk about this with my clients, if I were to ask you to close your eyes and dance the YMCA song, you could do that because you know where your arms are even with your eyes closed. So that's an example of of our proprioceptive system. The vestibular system is our sense of where we are in space. So that's comprised of the balance system located in those tiny little ear bones. Um, And it's a system that really influences our mood and definitely how our children are interacting with the world around them, even if you aren't aware of it. So some people do know those two systems, but the system that is least known to everyone and definitely, in my opinion, one of the most important is our interoceptive system. So this system connects us with what's happening inside of our body. So what that would look like is, are you full? Do you feel hungry? Do we need to go to the bathroom? Have we fully evacuated our bowels and a bowel movement? It can also look like, what emotion am I feeling when I experience a racing heart? A stomach full of butterflies or the flushed skin that I feel on my cheeks. So our connection to interoception is of vital importance as it informs us of why we're acting the way that we are. Maybe, maybe an easier way to understand would be an example of like why our children are acting the way they are. So my children become 
tiny little demon children when they are overtired or really hungry, um, as I know a lot of kids do, and probably adults. So since but since my daughter is only four, she sometimes has a hard time communicating that fact to me that she's tired or that she hasn't pooped in three days or that she's hungry or whatever. But she has no difficulty whatsoever with expressing frustration. So as an OT, I can understand that some of her sensory needs are not being met. And that's why this behavior is presenting itself. And as a practitioner of mindfulness, I'm able to see that within myself as well, that if I was regulated in my nervous system, my sensory system, um, I am able to show up for her as the best mom or in, a, in other relationships, you know, friend, daughter, wife, OT. Um, but I'm not going to show up in my best self if I haven't had those basic sensory needs met. I want you to think of the sensory system like a pyramid. So proprioception, our vestibular sense, the interoception, the, that is the foundation of the pyramid upon which our external senses, like how we interact with the world, the sight, hearing, smell, taste, etc. Those are built upon. Um, they go on top of that foundation stone on the pyramid. And then at the very top of the pyramid, we have our executive functioning and cognitive skills. So that would look like um, learning, being able to plan things out, having the emotional awareness of what we're feeling, those kinds of things. So without meeting those inner needs, knowing what's going on with our proprioceptive system, our vestibular system, our interoceptive system, we are in such a dysregulated state that we are not well prepared to handle our day-to-day -day encounters with other people. So we can tune into these foundational skills at the base of the pyramid by using mindfulness. So whenever you do any work with your interoceptive system, you are doing mindfulness. Um, as I mentioned above, the reason that I enjoy meditation for this is because in our fast-paced world, slowing down and going within are really things that are not often done um, and sometimes even frowned upon. So mindfulness offers us the opportunity to really be still and focus on what we're feeling inside. If you've ever experienced any form of trauma, which I would be willing to bet the vast majority of us have, please go back and listen to the trauma episode because understanding why we have a block with connecting to our bodies is really important in our step, in our, in our healing journey. Um, we've been taught in our culture, just in general, to disconnect from our body, to not heed its messages. So relearning how to tap back into that to our body systems and hear what it's trying to tell us is that takes a lot of work for a lot of people. Mindfulness allows us though to notice sensations without judgment, notice where we're feeling them in our body, where do they originate, um, notice how they grow or shrink if we put our focus on them. And with time, you really can redevelop that relationship with your body and begin to heed those sensations, which will help all of us become more emotionally and sensory regulated. So being regulated, let me just explain what that means for a minute. That means that we are within our window of tolerance. We're in a state of ventral vagal openness, if I'm using the words of polyvagal theory. So we want to be in that state in order to be open to the experiences and people around us and, and want to have that connection with people in our lives. Our nervous systems and sensory systems feed off of the people around us, and in turn, we can help feed and nourish those around us. 
So this is really important if you're doing any kind of healing work or if you're a parent or responsible for tiny humans or a caregiver in other capacities. Our first step in co-regulating is to know what's going on with us. So mindfully being aware of our entire sensory system and what it's telling us that we need. Once we have that working knowledge and feel that our symptoms, our system, excuse me, are regulated and we're within our window of tolerance, that can be a, we can be a really big help to those around us. And in that same breath, if we're dysregulated and having a hard time, figuring out what sensory needs are not being met in the nervous system, then we can call on someone who is regulated to help us, to help some, help us, excuse me, get back into our window of tolerance and into that ventral vagal state. And really, you do these things without even realizing that you're doing them or that there's a scientific reason or name for it or whatever. Anytime you pick up the phone to call a trusted friend or family member to vent and they offer you that open space of listening along with some compassion. So that's a way in which you sought out co-regulation. It's also really easy to see when we are in a dysregulated state and we reach out for co-regulation and don't get it. So maybe we've called a friend or family member and they were also having a hard day and were dysregulated and we were venting to them and then somehow ended up in an argument with them. So that would be a, a very real life, easy example of two people being dysregulated and outside of their window or in that dorsal vagal state, unable to regulate themselves, therefore unable to help co-regulate people around them. So another way that we can look at this is... Um, so a real life example at my house, this is, I call this the witching hour. So this would look like coming home and coming inside after a long day of work and getting the kids done with school and then having them tell me on repeat every two to three minutes how hungry they are while I'm scrambling around the kitchen to try and get dinner together. So they may be hugging my legs, which side note would be a need for that proprioceptive input from their sensory system, as well as possibly attempting to meet that co-regulation need, they're trying to get that from me. But if I'm dysregulated, that's going to look like a threat to my nervous system. Um, that's how most people's nervous system would react to something like that if you're outside of your window, um, especially after a long day of work or whatever. I'm not going to be able to offer them that. So we all end up dysregulated, which induces a meltdown from them and frustration for me. So I would need to have tuned in if we're, you know, rewinding back in this scenario um, into my interoceptive system. See what my anxiety levels, I need to notice that they're rising. And I'm also noticing I'm outside of my window. And so I need to look for a place of some form of co-regulation for me. So whether that means I have music that is calming going while I'm cooking, whether that looks like reaching out to my husband for him to do the cooking and I can meet help meet the needs of my kids, um, or vice versa, if I'm unable to meet my kids' needs at that moment, getting him to maybe pull out a board game and have the kids come together with him for distraction and letting me cook in peace. Um, or if I know it's going to be a really busy day, maybe I can put some things in the crock pot that morning so I don't have to worry about cooking dinner at six o'clock when everyone's really hungry. So whatever that may look like for checking in with myself and knowing what I need in order to be able to offer those regulating emotions and sensations to myself and children um, in those moments. There are many ways that the foundation senses at the pyramid can help regulate our nervous systems and 
therefore have the potential to co-regulate those around us. So in the OT or sensory world, um, and even bleeding into the trauma world, our exercise, um, there is a form of exercise called rhythmic movements. So these tap into that proprioceptive and vestibular senses in order to create that calm space within our nervous system, bringing our um, ventral vagal state online. So some of these look like laying on the floor with our knees up, just letting our knees kind of rock from side to side, um, laying on our back, having our feet straight out, and then moving from the hips, our feet in and out like windshield wipers, um, being on our hands and knees and rocking back into like a child's pose type position and then back up to all fours. So there are lots of reasons why these sensory experiences may not be able to be met too, whether we have sensory processing disorders, um, intact primitive reflexes that were never fully integrated, trauma, etc. But performing these rhythmic movements meets our body's most basic need for proprioceptive and vestibular input, which helps bring us back into that calm state by eliciting that relaxation response. In the same breath, movement is innately healing as an occupation, um, as you can see with those rhythmic movements. So incorporating exercise, dance, yoga, just general stretching, other expressive art forms is innately healing as an occupation as well, especially when we use both sides of our body. So some sensory and nervous system regulating exercises could be to like draw with both hands or paint um, at the same time using both sides of our body, that bilateral stimulation is really calming. Um, yoga typically uses both sides of the body in poses, as well as that calm centering breath that's at the heart of, um, of the yoga practice, which is another way to put our body from a state of arousal into a state of calm, for instance. So if you make your out breath a few seconds longer than your in breath, that excess of carbon dioxide in the body actually stimulates the vagal nerve and moves you from that sympathetic nervous state to the parasympathetic um, with that relaxation response. There are many, 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 many ways that OTs can help with the sensory system. A lot of OTs are known for this kind of work with kids, for example, who are on the autism spectrum. But so much more is needed in educating people on how our nervous system and sensory system really influence our thoughts and feelings and behaviors, even as adults, and how that regulatory piece really can impact those around us and can be used as a great force of healing, um, especially, like I said, for any of us who are parents or caregivers in some way. So if this is something that you're interested in, learning more about how to incorporate um, mindfulness into your life, to beef up that interoceptive system, uh, please reach out if it's um, something you're interested in. I am crazy passionate about it, especially in regards to the relationships we have around us. Um, I also want to mention the podcast episode I did earlier in this season on intuition, because intuition is essentially being mindful of our interoceptive um, system and what's happening within. So some examples and activities and exercises that I gave in that episode would be really practical ways to tap back into that mind-body connection that so much, so many of us have seemed to have lost. Uh, but doing this inner kind of work really leads to the outer work that we do with other people. And it can just be so much more healing and compassionate while also increasing our compassion for ourselves and the amount of sensory stimuli that our nervous system gets minute to minute in this fast paced world. 
So again, if you are at all interested, I would love to have you reach out. Um, you also can look at my Instagram and Facebook. Integrative OT is the handle because um, I post a lot of information about uh, nervous system regulation and sensory system stuff on there. So um, I hope you all enjoyed this episode and I hope you find a way to celebrate OT month this month. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, that's it for Integrative OT. Thanks so much for listening. I hope something resonated with you. Please share it with a friend and drop me a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find me. Look forward to talking with you guys again soon. Bye.